0: I also have had somebody who came in this year that had about 250 individual stocks in their wow. brokerage account, and I just, you know, it doesn't need to be that difficult. And so I think in some of those types of cases, it's really about maybe not as much as too diversified, but just making it too complicated, more so than it really needs to be.
1: Welcome to the All Things Retirement Podcast with Certified Financial Planner, Anthony Alfo. Here's your host, Ben George. Well, glad to have you back on all things retirement. I am Ben George, joined as always by Anthony Alfo. He's a Certified Financial Planner and the founder of Cardinal Wealth Group. You can find their office right there in Cherry Hill. But you can also find them online at cardinalwg.com. Anthony, good to talk to you again. How are you doing?
0: Doing great, Ben. How about yourself?
1: I got no complaints. We're uh, finishing out the year. So that's mm-hmm. always a big positive. You guys have any big holiday plans? I know kind of COVID's kind of sparking back up, it seems. So a lot of people aren't traveling, but what are you guys going to be doing?
0: Yeah, most of my family is within an hour. So it's typically my mom tries to call dibs on every holiday from Thanksgiving, <laughs> Christmas Eve, Christmas, and New Year's. And we generally try to plan it out where we can balance it a little bit more uh with you know everybody my parents are separated but then on top of that you know everyone wants to see their the grandchild now so we right. try to uh make our rounds and uh make it as well balanced as possible which i'm sure plenty of people out there know yeah. <laughs> what that what that's like Yeah,
1: trying to keep everybody happy, right? It's uh, that's right. That's probably the most difficult thing during the holidays, just trying to plan out the schedule. A lot of times,
0: yes, it is. So we're gonna do some of the stuff at our house just to make it a little bit easier uh, this time because of uh, you know I think Rosie will have a pretty good idea versus her first Christmas last year where she was only somewhere around eight months. I don't think you know she really knew quite as much of what's going on. So yeah,
1: that'll be exciting. A lot of fun. Well, we, uh, we wish you a happy holidays and anybody you that's too. listening as well. Well, we wish you guys a happy holidays. And today, our, our main focus is going to be on diversification. You know, how important it is and it, you know, are you doing it properly? That's a big thing. And, you know, if you look up quotes about diversification from famous investors, you're going to come across many, but, you know, one from Warren Buffett particularly stands out. He said once diversification is protection against ignorance. It makes little sense if you know what you're doing. Which is a very interesting quote. You would think the opposite. So we're going to try to talk about diversification quite a bit today, and why it, you know, maybe is one of the keys to success when it comes to our planning for retirement. And we'll do that today. We'll also have a couple of mailbag questions, so that's going to be always interesting. Some good ones have come into the show, and maybe a little getting to know you for Anthony as well. Let me remind you too quickly before we get started. Cardinal W G is the website you can get in touch with Anthony there. You can set up a time to meet with him, but also when you log on front and center, you'll see a a toolkit that you can go ahead and request right now. That's how to defuse the ticking tax time bomb. And, and it's a great tool and a great resource for you. If, uh, if if you're thinking about taxes and end of the year, I know a lot of people are, are in that mindset right now. So visit the website, cardinalwg.com and all of our podcasts are there as well. All right, Anthony, let's talk about diversification. Um, and, and I want to start with with what the average investor thinks about because, I hey, think we all have kind of our thought about diversification. We hear it a lot. It's a buzzword in the financial industry. But what is a typical uh, person you work with and just the average investor think about diversification and, and how do they define it?
0: I think most people will probably say something along the lines of uh, not having all your eggs in, in one basket. But I think when you look at it on maybe their statements to kind of get a better idea, to some, it might just mean owning a handful of, of stocks or mutual funds, or maybe just having a bunch of accounts opened up at different companies and maybe not taking into consideration, you know, a little bit more details about what you should, you know, really specifically be looking for to determine if it's well actually well diversified or not.
1: Gotcha. So we want to help people understand really what diversification means to uh, someone like you who is a certified financial planner and really thinks about this quite a bit and works in this and, and builds plans and portfolios around this idea. What, how do you define that word diversification?
0: Yeah, what we basically kind of illustrate to people or discuss is that it's really a risk management uh, strategy to help eliminate exposure to any one single asset class or risk type that you could be invested in. And so, for example, maybe a lot of folks back in the day invested in just like blue chip stocks or in the S&P 500. And that, you know, maybe they owned a lot of those companies, but you might have a specific type of risk there where they're all, you know, U.S. large cap based companies Uh, or maybe today. You'll find a lot of people in just tech stocks because they're doing really well. And, you know, sometimes that overweighted strategy in in one area, you know, exposes you to certain types of risk. And so by having something that's a little bit more diversified, we can reduce some of those specific, you know, industry risks that are associated with owning, you know, certain types of companies.
1: Okay. That makes sense. Um, so in your experience, then, because you know, diversification, as we talk about is, you know, everybody wants to be diversified, I think. And I think everybody kind of has the idea that, hey, diversification is the goal. Now, whether or not they're executing that properly is a different story. But in your experience, when you work with people or someone new comes into your office, um, the Cardinal Wealth Group, how much emphasis do you see they put on that idea of diversification?
0: I don't know if it's exactly the question that they're asking like, how well am I diversified? But I think maybe they're hinting around of it by saying, how well am I doing? Or how well am I invested? How how does my account look? I don't think that they generally come in asking, how am I diversified? But I think it's comes to the discussion very quickly because when we're going through that type of analysis with, with folks to go through their account, it really rears its head really quickly and we can usually identify it in that first conversation to see if they're actually well diversified or not or just have certain tendencies that they're maybe overweighted in some areas. And, you know, we'll kind of walk them through and, and it doesn't mean that it still can't work with the way that they're currently invested it's just making them aware of some of those additional risks that they might be taking on that they don't necessarily need to take on and the idea is to with you know diversification being a risk management type of strategy is that explaining to the client that over the long run we could probably take on less risk to get you to where you want to go by achieving that certain type of rate of return that you're shooting for and and take on less risk in order to get there. And so most people want to be able to sleep at night and and there are certainly are other cases where you know people might want to hold a specific holding because maybe they worked in it or sentimental value or whatever it might be that we can also still work with that and maybe counterbalance it somewhere else in their their account. So, there's a lot of ways to get people to where they, you know, really want to go and just making sure that they understand the risks associated with it.
1: So when they come in, you, you that's one of the first things you look at in, in somebody's portfolio is just to see, I guess it's not necessarily to see how diversified they are, but you kind of get a pretty good sense of that immediately by just seeing what they're invested in.
0: Well, I, I mean, I think, you know, it's not the first thing that we're looking at. The the first is really just to get a better idea of what what they want and what they're looking for and... How do they feel about things with what they're working towards from a planning standpoint? And then ultimately, we'll get more towards the investments uh, a little bit later after we kind of really dive into their goals and concerns and what they like about their plans uh, before we start you know, leading with any type of investment. We really try to let the plan, you know, drive what type of account or strategies make the most sense first but we will certainly review the account with them at that at that time
1: got it now we talk about diversification too i think a lot of times it sounds like you know people aren't thinking about it as much or maybe they aren't diversified as you maybe hope they would be in order to limit some of their risk but what about the other side of that is it is it possible to be too diversified
0: i would say that it would be more of some people just being maybe overzealous with having too many accounts, or too many funds of maybe a lot of times of the same type, that it makes it difficult to really coordinate a plan together and really track it. And I like I recently saw someone who came into our office that had about 25 investment accounts between him and his spouse, Whoa. which You know, in each account, there might have been anywhere from one holding to 40 holdings, depending on the account. And to me, I would just feel like really overwhelmed if that was my money, because it's just really hard to really track that when you have these 25 accounts at all these different companies out there. And I think it's just not needed and kind of just too much. You can make it a lot more simple. I also have somebody who came in this year that had about 250 individual stocks in their brokerage account. And I just, you know, it doesn't need to be that difficult. And So I think in some of those types of cases, it's really about maybe not as much as too diversified, but just making it too complicated, more so than it really needs to be.
1: Is that just a result of just failing to... I guess, purge some things like, I mean, not necessarily a hoarder, but do you have all those accounts because you, you have that as a strategy or because you just, you just kept adding things or moving jobs or whatever, and just all of a sudden it added up to 25 different accounts.
0: I've had some people tell me it just be basically not wanting to have all their money at one company, just like, you know, having your money at multiple different banks in case something happened to the banks. Okay. I've had other people that, you know, like you said, kind of along the way have traveled and opening up an account with this advisor or they inherited funds from their, their parents and just along the way, or maybe have always been, some people always, th- I've had some people also say like to make new IRA contributions, they thought they needed to basically open up a new account each time for a new IRA contribution. So I think you come across numerous issues uh, or, or situations that when you're seeing people with that many... Opened accounts at all these different places when you know you certainly could probably get by with uh, you know three or four accounts all at the same company pretty easily and and make your life a lot simpler.
1: Okay, that makes sense. Uh, just it's crazy trying to wrap your head around having that many accounts or that many individual stocks. That's uh seems like a ton. <laughs> all right, let's talk about maybe give an example for people that are listening and and aren't really sure if they're diversified enough and how to get to that point. Can you maybe take us through a scenario where you've had with a client or with someone that came into your office and, and you, you've you looked at their their portfolio, noticed maybe they were overweighted somewhere, just not as spread out as, as you would prefer. Maybe how you took that non-diversified account and, and really made it diversified and balanced.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It, it's not uncommon, especially we're outside of Philadelphia and there's a lot of uh, well-known corporations or at times where we have somebody that um, is still holding on to maybe stocks that they've in, they've inherited from a family member or so something to that effect. So maybe somebody has a, a large portion in GE or Boeing or Exxon Mobil which are some other companies that are in this area and we'll go through their analysis and just really be able to show them that by spreading out some of this concentrated holding into some other types of stock accounts or uh, other types of stock mutual funds, that we can actually lower the amount of risk that they're taking on by sometimes 30 to 40 percent, while not really hurting our chances for a similar rate of return. And I would say that this is something that happens weekly with with people who come in uh, for uh, a first or second meeting when we're going to go through their their investment account. Um, there's just plenty of times where people are holding on to individual stocks that they're just not being compensated for taking on that amount of risk, and by replacing that type of investment with something else that's maybe at the same risk level, but you're getting a higher rate of return, or Something that's at a similar rate of return but with 30 or 40 percent less risk—that's going to be a lot better win for them over the long run uh, when we're when we're managing their accounts. So those are something that happens on a on a fairly weekly or monthly basis.
1: Well, if you want to sit down with Anthony and look through your portfolio, maybe a first meeting with him, you can schedule that at cardinalwg.com. That is the website, but you can also call his office. It's six zero nine six zero five Twenty-eight oh eight, and set up a ton new with him, and start looking through your portfolio. Diversification is important. It is important to to help manage that risk, and uh, that will change over time too, right? It's diversification isn't kind of a, hey, let's build out your portfolio and you're all set,
0: right? No, I mean not, nothing is uh, really set it and forget it in this in this industry. So as you know, things continue to change daily, and and tweaks are certainly needed on a. Uh, regular basis for sure.
1: Let's ask you a little getting to know you. Let's switch gears a little bit. Before we get to our mailbag, we've got a couple of good questions that came into the podcast, but want to learn a little bit more about Anthony away from the office, away from uh, retirement planning. So this is the question I got for you today. What's something that you told yourself you'd never do when you were younger, but now you find yourself kind of doing it all the time?
0: <laughs> Being a helicopter parent. <laughs> I, I always kind of You know, fault to my mom or dad for being on top of me if I was going down to the park to play uh, roller hockey, or you know, I was never allowed to like ride my bike far away out of the neighborhood, and she was just you know always on top of me wherever I was going. And I see my friends now making fun of me, and and my brother and sister and my and my mom uh, making fun of me for you know kind of running after my daughter whenever i see a potential risk and it's just kind of like inherent in me to like see risk <laughs> of like where potentially bad things could happen and right. try to like save her from it immediately so i'll see her a lot of times like walking on uneven type of grounds and i'm just like there's rocks or something there i just kind of see something and i just like all right let me just pick you up and bring you over to this flat <laughs> surface and you know but uh, I, I definitely see or, or hear about it often about being a little bit uh, helicopter and they kind of make that little uh, whirly thing above my head at times. <laughs> you know, here comes it, Anthony.
1: That's pretty amazing. That's, that's, uh, I applaud you for your honesty in, in saying that.
0: <laughs> Never sure. thought... You know, I'd be saying that, but it's been recent that uh, people have been saying that to me, so it's uh, it's probably true. <laughs> Very
1: good. Well, we appreciate you sharing that, and I'm sure Rosie appreciates it. She will eventually. Maybe, who knows, maybe she'll be the same way when she gets older.
0: Hey, if I can save her from a couple uh, headaches, you know, from bumping her head, I, I feel like uh, doing a good deed for a day.
1: Yeah, you've done your job, exactly. <laughs> all right, let's start to the mailbag. A couple of questions before we get out of here on all things retirement. Question came in from Eliza, Anthony. She said, uh, what's your opinion of investments that require you to keep your money locked up for a certain period of time? I know a lot of annuities operate that way as well as some hedge funds.
0: Yeah, I, I think you just got to look at what the trade-off is. So if, if you're getting some type of feature or benefit, like a, I don't know, guaranteed income from the annuity, for example, and that's uh, something that you're looking for and um, that might be something that you might want to be considering. but otherwise, if if you're not getting something for it for you know locking up your money, then it it probably doesn't make sense to buy something like that when you can get something else that would be fully fully liquid. So I, I would just probably go back to saying, you know what are you trying to accomplish? and why does that type of investment help you get there? And if that's you know every every investment has some type of pro and con, related to it. And if if that's something that helps get you to where you want to go and it makes sense to you, then that might be something that you might have to uh, deal with for getting that type of uh, security.
1: Thanks for the question, Eliza. We uh, have one more from Thad. He says, I'm trying to get to the 1 million mark in my savings account before I retire in a few years. So I started a consulting company on the side to earn some extra income. Is there anything I should be doing to save money on taxes with this new income?
0: Well, I, I would probably talk with a CPA first, just to kind of go over what you're what you're doing and what type of income you're expecting. But probably look at different types of businesses to incorporate as, whether it's an LLC or S corp or sole proprietor or C corp, something that 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 effect. And ask the CPA to kind of go over the trade-offs as to what makes the most sense for you. You know, and depending on the side hustle in terms of how much you're making and what you're doing, there can be some real tax benefit, some real huge uh, differences there. So that's something that I would want to know. And then also just from a protection standpoint, you know, incorporating having some type of say LLC provides some firewall protection from you as a business owner and, and your personal assets. So you're trying to save all this money, obviously it's you're probably sounds like you're pretty close to it and, and you're at towards the end of your career. The last thing you want is, you know, some something happening where your business affects your personal financial situation. So that would be another thing that I would, you know, talk with a CPA about and making sure you got the proper, you know, insurance coverage for that side hustle. And all these things that I'm talking about really doesn't cost a lot to, you know, set up a company, have a discussion with your CPA and and, an insurance person to make sure you got the right type of business insurance to protect yourself.
1: Thanks for that question, Thad. And, and again, I mentioned it earlier in the show, but for you and anybody that's listening that's thinking about taxes and tax planning, one uh, one tool that Anthony offers uh, Cardinal Wealth Group is this tax time bomb kit that you can request on the front of his website, cardinalwg.com, to help you experience a tax-free retirement. There's a book in there with seven retirement secrets no one has told you plus some other tax resources and look if you want to have that conversation further though i you know, encourage you to connect with anthony you can do so on his website there's a contact link at the top of the page you'll also find the podcast link there too you can go back to our past episodes and there's also a schedule a meeting button as well it's all very easy to do once you log on to the website so make sure you do that once you get done listening so we'll call it a show on that note anthony and uh, wish everyone a Happy holiday season as we're kind of right in the middle of it and and finishing out the new year. But I appreciate the breakdown on diversification and helping us understand that a little bit better.
0: Yeah, thanks a lot, Ben. Have a great holiday.